1: In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone.
2: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I
0: thought... Hey, y'all, we're rerunning two episodes today. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers history one day at a time. The day was May 29th, 1919. A total solar eclipse lasted for more than six minutes casting darkness from South America to Africa. German physicist Albert Einstein had recently published his General Theory of Relativity, but it was not yet proven. During the eclipse, British astronomer Arthur Eddington led an experiment to test the deflection of light by a gravitational field. Eddington's research teams found that their eclipse measurements confirmed Einstein's predictions about general relativity. Einstein, a professor in Berlin, had yet to achieve worldwide fame, but after the eclipse experiment, Einstein rose to prominence. In 1915, Einstein published four papers describing his general theory of relativity. At the time, Isaac Newton's model of classical mechanics and law of universal gravitation ruled, but Einstein's work was at odds with Newton's theory. According to Newton, space was inert and gravity was a force that pulled objects together. But Einstein's special theory of relativity, proposed in 1905, said that space and time were relative and formed a four-dimensional continuum called spacetime. And his general theory of relativity posed gravity as a distortion in the fabric of space caused by the presence of massive objects. Einstein and Newton's views on how gravity influences light also differed. Classical Dynamics says that the gravity of a star can deflect the path of a photon, or a quantum of electromagnetic radiation. But Einstein predicted that light curves while traveling through space-time near the warp, induced by an object's gravitational field. So, both scientists predicted that light would bend due to gravity, though Newton predicted it would do so by only half as much as Einstein's theory did. But the difference in measurements was small, and the two theories made similar predictions for tests of gravity and light. Figuring out which theory was more accurate seemed pointless at a time when it seemed like science did not have the capability to measure such a tiny curvature. But the more massive an object is, the bigger the warp, and the more its gravity can bend light. Einstein realized that the sun was massive enough to measure such a subtle effect. As the sun moved toward a background star, it would bend the star's light, and the star would appear to move. This kind of observation would have to be made when the sun was out, but its light was blocked, so stars were visible. An eclipse was the perfect time to carry out tests of Einstein's theory. German astronomer Erwin Finlay-Fronlich attempted to prove Einstein's theory, but war broke out and he was arrested as a spy as he was preparing to experiment during an eclipse in 1914. Astronomers from California's Lick Observatory also attempted to photograph the eclipse from near Kiev, but clouds got in the way. Around this time, Einstein realized his calculations about how much the stars would move was incorrect, and he published his completed General Theory of Relativity in 1915. World War I kept Einstein's work isolated, and people in the science community pushed back against the new theory. But Sir Arthur Eddington, director of the Cambridge Observatory, supported Einstein's theory and wanted to lead an experiment to test it. The 1919 total solar eclipse presented an opportunity to carry out tests. Britain's Astronomer Royal, Sir Frank W. Dyson proposed an expedition to experiment during the solar eclipse set to occur on May 29, 1919. If scientists measured the position of the stars during the eclipse and compared them to their normal positions, the test could confirm the general theory of relativity. Eddington would lead the expedition, He took measurements of the stars in the Hyades Cluster in January and February of 1919, since the sun would cross that cluster during the eclipse. And the Royal Society and Royal Astronomical Society organized expeditions to Principe, an island off the coast of West Africa, and to Sobral, Brazil. The May 29th eclipse was one of the longest in centuries, and despite bad weather in principe for a period, astronomers had a considerable amount of time to take photos of the location of the stars in the Hyades cluster. Months later, the team had measured the precise position of the stars that were visible on the photographic plates. They found that their measurements were consistent with Einstein's predictions. The expedition's results became front-page news, and Einstein became famous for his theory. On November 6, 1919, Eddington and Dyson presented their findings at a joint meeting of the Royal Society and the Royal Astronomical Society in England. Not everyone accepted or understood Einstein's theory, and Einstein himself had detractors. But later eclipses corroborated Einstein's predictions. By the 1960s, most physicists had accepted the validity of the general theory of relativity. The deflection of light passing near a massive object is now called gravitational lensing. Gravitational lensing has been used to map out dark matter and discover distant galaxies. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at TDIHC Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks for showing up. We'll meet here again tomorrow.
1: Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I
0: bet you're smart.
1: Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you
0: drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Hey, y'all, I'm Eves, and welcome to this day in history class, a podcast that brings you a little nugget of history every day. The day was May 29, 1453. Constantinople, the capital of the Byzantine Empire, was captured by the Ottoman Empire. The fall of Constantinople marked the end of the Byzantine Empire. Roman Emperor Constantine I founded the city of Constantinople in 324 CE. Constantinople served as the capital of the Eastern Roman Empire, later known as the Byzantine Empire. The city survived as the empire's capital for more than 1,000 years, lasting through attacks and rebellions. In 1204 CE, knights of the Fourth Crusade captured Constantinople. The crusaders founded the Latin Empire on lands they captured, while the rest of the Byzantine Empire split into the Empire of Nicaea, the Empire of Trebizond, and the Despotate of Epirus. In 1261, the Niceneans regained control of Constantinople from the Crusaders. Michael VIII, Palaiologos, repaired and restored the capital, rebuilding monasteries and other buildings. But the Byzantine Empire was declining. Reconstruction was expensive and devalued Byzantine currency. The empire's population was decreasing and its territory was contracting. The Black Death killed a large chunk of the population in Constantinople. And a civil war took place in the empire from 1341 to 1347. The Byzantine Empire also faced attacks from the Bulgarians and the Serbians. At the same time, the Ottoman Empire, founded in the late 13th century, was expanding. The Ottoman Empire captured Bursa from the Byzantines and made it the capital city. The empire also invaded Thrace and captured Adrianople, making it the new Ottoman capital. It captured Thessaloniki from the Venetians. And after the Ottomans emerged victorious in the Battle of Kosovo in 1389, the Serbians fell out of power in the region. By this point, the Byzantine Empire had become a vassal to the Ottomans. While the Byzantine Empire was on the verge of collapse, the Ottoman Empire was closing in on Constantinople. In 1451, Sultan Mehmed II took the Ottoman throne for the second time, The Byzantine emperor at the time was Constantine XI. When the Ottoman threat was imminent, Constantine appealed to Pope Nicholas V for aid. The pope did seek help from the west, but many western states were tied up in their own conflicts and didn't have the people or money to send help to Constantinople. Venice and Genoa sent military support to the city, but the help that the Byzantines did get was no match for Ottoman forces. The siege of the city began on April 6, 1453. The Ottoman army likely had between 60 and 80,000 people. There were likely less than 10,000 Byzantine forces. On top of that, the Ottomans had plenty of cannon. Mehmed's plan was to blockade Constantinople on all sides while attacking the Theodosian walls, the defensive walls that fortify the city. But the Byzantines were able to repair a lot of the damage between the cannon shots. The Ottomans began constructing tunnels, but the Byzantines intercepted them. The attack went on for weeks with some effective resistance from the Byzantine side, despite being outnumbered. Near the end of May, Mehmed offered to lift the siege if the Byzantines gave him the city, but Constantine refused to surrender. Mehmed called a council of war and the Ottomans prepared for a final assault. In the early hours of May 29th, Mehmed launched a coordinated artillery, infantry, and naval assault on Constantinople. By the third wave of the attack, women and children were defending the walls. Ottoman troops flooded into the city. Thousands of people were killed, died by suicide, or were shipped away to be enslaved. Buildings like the Hagia Sophia were looted for their treasures and destroyed. That afternoon, Mehmed entered the city and called for an end to the looting. He also called for the Hagia Sophia to be converted into a mosque. Constantinople, renamed Istanbul, became the new Ottoman capital, and what was left of the Byzantine Empire soon became part of the Ottoman Empire. The fall of Constantinople removed mainland Europe's defense against Ottoman expansion and marked the end of the old Roman Empire. Over time, the city's population increased and the harbor became an important trade center. Istanbul remained the capital of the Ottoman Empire until the state was dissolved in 1922. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can send them to us at thisday@iheartmedia.com. You can also hit us up on social media. We're at Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow.